Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Yo, what's up? It's Freddie Kraft and you're listening to Door Bumper Clear presented by OfferPad. After a busy weekend of racing in Michigan and Road America, we're here to break it all down. We'll discuss Keselowski wiping out his teammate for the lead and the first weekend using the Choose Cone, as well as all the silly season news. Here we go. Hi, PJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Hey everybody, I am TJ Majors, it's part of the 22 Cup car. I actually did a truck this weekend, 99 truck, full studio. Congrats, Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, straight out of a doubleheader at Michigan. What's up, Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace in the 43 car. Is that and where he's still at? Is he moving? You... He's, he's there as of <laughs> last night when we got on the airplane. He was still there. He was there when you let us by on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> on the last corner. <laughs> Damn it. That was the a last hot. turn TJ passed me on I Saturday. I was so mad. And then to make it even better, like three or four guys go to the oh, back yeah. and they're all in my lane. So I ended up starting like three or four <laughs> rows in front of Freddie. <laughs> I said, Dan, we should have hooked Joe. I told, I text Bubba Sunday morning. So we should have hooked Joey off a of four because it was going to be worth about eight spots today. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, it was going to be good. Y'all also raced extremely hard to start the race yesterday. I looked up around lap eight or 10. Me and Freddie? Y'all were dueling, right? Oh, no, we, that wasn't in the beginning. We, I chased him down to the apron one time. Yeah. But that, oh, I, yeah. I don't think that was in the beginning. It was just, was like mid, Joey yeah. was like, just almost clear and kept coming up, coming up, and I, I don't know. Oh, we out of four. Stalled. That was out of yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, we left you the lane. Yeah, no, we had the lane, and then, I don't know, we just chased him down for some reason. <laughs> it's just but, that point of the race where you don't really want to, you don't want to give anything, but you're, all, and, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so, back from Michigan, Casey's in the house. How are you, Case? I'm still here and still pregnant, so <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Very oh, good. and of course, we can't forget our lovely producer, Jason. Thank you, Casey. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, we gave Ch- we gave TJ a present before the show, but he threw it off the table. Threw it away. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Uh, what TJ, was it? what was it? Uh, I don't know. Some sort of weird graffiti writing on a box or something. I what don't know. What was the gift? Jason, what was it? It wasn't anything. Empty box. It was a Chase Elliott Somebody box. Somebody sent him a box? Or did you send him a box? Or we found a box. And put it <laughs> Jason went through his closet. <laughs> Jason went through his closet, I can't basically. afford die cast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Basically, 
so you you will no longer accept Chase Elliott items. I don't think you ever have. I think it's just will. a box, or was there something in there? No, nah, there wasn't a gift. It was I a mean, box. It was yeah, it wasn't even a box really on top a gift. Of the wasn't it's even a gift. You. I mean, if there was like a die cast something in it, I mean Stella would have all the size knocked off that thing this afternoon. So <laughs> <laughs> that thing would be going down my driveway, <laughs> like Joey did. Oh. Uh, well, anyways, that what's that for? Hey, whoa, you yeah. can't take a jab and not back it up here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, you guys have just had some. After I get done telling you how good you look today, then you take a shot at me. It's okay. I know. I tried to hold it in, but I couldn't. No, you didn't. Really sorry. There was no holding that in. <laughs> it's okay. The this game. is to make up for like all the times you weren't nice to me. Like today, you're being nice. Oh but, yeah. I, mean, I was gonna say we've been pretty nice today, and gonna, all of a sudden now you want to ruin it. You're today. gonna spend the rest of your life getting back at Brett then. Today, but I can probably name a few episodes that were not very nice. I got breaking news on DBC here. Oh. Quinn Huff and Kyle Larson are tied in points now. I he, he's called him before the... We have lit a before. fire under Quinn Huff. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, man, the last... like He's been better. He's been better. Like, like I don't... Hasn't, ever since he tried to kill everybody? Ever, ever since uh, he listened to our show. Yeah. Ever since that... I mean, he didn't listen to me the one day when I told him stop doing that dumb stuff, but... <laughs> that ever since then, I'm pretty sure after NASCAR I had a talk with him. We haven't really, although he did. I'm pretty sure he was the first one Saturday to get the penalty for driving over the box on the on the restart cone. But yeah, know, well, other, other than that, that was tough though. That was, I like the guys in the back half of the the back, like you know, third or not even a third, the back quarter of the truck race, like. I'm just gonna drive over it and see what oh. happens. Like, and then they black flag. Him. Or the best, the truck race. They ended up NASCAR ended up sending an email out on Saturday morning after the truck race because the guys in the back would be like, "All right, we're gonna all pick the top," and then they'd roll through one and two and realize there's like 12 extra trucks on the top, and they just drive to the, the bottom. bottom and pull up. And I'm yeah. like, "What the hell's going on here?" Yeah, like, if you pick you the picked, top, you stay up there. Like, that's you don't where get you like, stay, ah, yeah. you know what? I changed my mind. It just looked better down there. This is another reason why you need to have somebody that can help guide you up top. Look, you got four on the bottom, five on the bottom. You know, your P10. Yeah. You know, five go to the bottom. Yeah. Or, you know, you need to understand that. You stuff, know what so. happens when you count all that stuff out right there to Clint Boyer? You know, you know, what, he, you know, you know what his response is? What's that mean? All right, Clint, you're P20, and then you start counting out. There's three on the bottom. There's four on the bottom. He gets to the choose zone. He picks his line. Well, I don't know what all that meant. Okay, it means if you take the bottom, you'll be the fifth on the bottom instead of the fifteenth on the f- top. <laughs> did I, don't, you not, I don't know what that means. Did you not go over this before the race? It's simple math. But did you not talk to him before I, the I race? I went over it with myself. One hundred percent. And what would need to be said? Oh, I don't know what that means. I, mean, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pick. We had we have like we had some. We went over it quite a bit. I was got back to the hotel Saturday after the after the cup race and. You're gonna take a shower, and my phone rang. Joey's FaceTiming me, and he's like, "Let's go over this restart stuff." I'm like, "All right." So I'm sitting there like FaceTiming Joey, topless. Um, I was gonna know. say, y'all can't do this over the phone. Like y'all got to look at each other to talk. Well, about we were looking at we song. were looking at uh, diagrams and pictures and stuff. So yeah, you know. Plus, I'm just a naturally good looking guy, and he wants to see me. So naked, um, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went. It's definitely. I mean, you can definitely. I like picking. Are we talking about this now or later, Jason? Yeah, we're going to talk about it later. So let's okay. let's not uh, let's not spoil it. Um, Kevin Harvick sleeping the doubleheader. How did, did you guys expect this one at all, especially after the first race? It's not surprising. It's not, I mean, 
I'm not he's, surprised. He's been pretty good this year for some reason. <laughs> well, and you're running like six mile an hour faster than everybody into the front stretch. You're going to be pretty good. <laughs> so, and it's nothing new. He, they had the same similar stuff there before. Uh, put Clint up there in that clean air. He was fast too. Um, Kevin's been. They figured out how to. I think they've dialed handling out of their cars a little bit, and they're super fast now. Definitely out of my car. <laughs> but you know. It, it was either straight lines, you know, you were either going for speed or handling, and everyone went for handling there for a little bit. Like, we got out front of Vegas. We dominated Vegas with handling. Now it seems like guys are going the other way. Kevin can't run behind somebody in a corner within five car lengths of the guy. If you watch, if he's within five car lengths, he's moving somewhere where he's not getting in a dirty air. He, it, But I'll tell you what, all he has to do is maintain in that corner because when you get to the straightaway, he and his move, when Kevin makes a move, he completes it on the straightaway, and that that was the most impressive part to me about Kevin is when he made a move. So like, you're saying when his spotter said clear high, he actually took it. I guess. <laughs> Brett was like? so Brett was so mad on Saturday because one of the late restarts, Bubba was up there. I don't know. We were where were we at? Like seventh and eighth, sixth, seventh something like eight, yeah. that. And there was a hole in front of me, and I could tell, like... Was it off? I'm, it was off a of four, right? Yeah. I saw it. <laughs> he didn't get up in front of me. Yeah. And we and, and he ended up, you ended up losing we a bunch. Passed, we like, passed you then, too. 90, we got lapped after, actually. <laughs> 97 cars drove by us when we didn't get up. I think we passed you through that. Clear high. Get up. Get up. Get up. Yeah. Get up. Get outside. Mother... Why didn't you get up? And Clint calls me after the race. I can't just get up. I'll wreck. Well, okay, all right. Well, how we are you going to wreck? Seven. You're moving one lane, uh, bro. I don't know. Maybe our car. We took the handling out of our cars. I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, there is a there's a couple times where I, I mean, I cleared Joey. Heck, I think I cleared him from a bubble one time. Yeah, I think it was. But man, if there's a you hole, had, you, you got to. You had, like you we, had to. We the last restart, uh, the green white check, the last green white checker on Saturday. We Bubba like he's like, what do you think? We're running. I don't know seventh or eighth yeah. he's like what do you think and i'm like well your choice is going to be you're going to start fifth or like 12th you know or whatever it was 10th or 12th you yeah. know i said i said hey let's you know we honestly we're not supposed to be here <laughs> might as well roll the dice and see if we can get up and we got a good run through the middle and we were we were actually clear of blaney but it was in a spot where bubba couldn't get up you know what i mean it's like, like three quarter, quarter mark, mark you know, can't come right like up. you can't come up there so like i'm like he's, you're clear coming back coming back and it was like you mean it's not outside. like the front stretch it's not yeah. like the front stretch yeah. where you can come right up <laughs> Well, so you have these brainiacs tell you before the race, and they show you all these diagrams like TJ's talking about and tell you what to do. Well, look, I like to play blackjack. I know what the odds are. But at the end of the day, you still don't know what the dealer has. And, and what I'm saying about that is on these restarts, we still don't know what all these lanes are going to do. Also, Dillon throws one late block. It gets one lane messed up. One guy gets loose. One guy spins his tires. It changes the whole outcome of what's going to happen. So if you're late in a race and have an opportunity to go from 13th to 5th, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah, and and like you said, Freddie, there's one hole. You get up, man. You look like a freaking hero. Yeah, it's five spots. I mean, you know. I mean, you'd have thought Bubba gave birth to triplets. You know, <laughs> celebrate ninth. I mean, I'm serious. Like yeah. the whole world's going yeah. crazy because Bubba Wallace finished ninth. And 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 to be honest, that's what NASCAR wants to see out of this package. They want to see surprises. Do I think the drivers like driving this package? No, because they have to race like buttholes. And there's no throttle response. It's all about momentum. They're flying through the center corner. Uh, but this is what these fan surveys say they want, Clo cars running close to one another. That's what they got. And it was 
uh, a complete parade other than a few guys that could pass. The 18 could pass early. Obviously, yeah. Harvick could pass early. Um, but once those comers and goers stop after the random draw that we did or the invert that we did this time, um, it was kind of what it was. I mean, I didn't think it was as good of a race as the day before, but we didn't have as much – drama i mean it's we've seen it with this package it's hard to pass yeah and we we did that at the beginning of the race yesterday you know we i forget where the invert put us but i think we were 12th or something like that and then stole a couple on the start so now we're running around eighth and we weren't very good but we were good enough to i think we fell back to like 13th or 14th but it was you know one guy could pass us every three or four laps you know what i mean it wasn't like in the old days if we were bad as we were we'd have been junk you know what i mean we would have been in the back somewhere so, you know, and, and yesterday, like you talked about throttle time, like we weren't very good into the corner. So we were done, like at the end of the race. Like Bubba's like, I can't, I can't off the wall. I got, he's like, I got to get out of it. And I, he's like, I'm out of it and waiting for the thing to turn. And they're on the hammer just driving by me. You know, it's like, so. You say he was tight in or loose in? He was loose in off the oh, wall. Yeah. Like, you know. That's that, like loose in off the wall and turn three is terrible, yeah. man. Because oh, yeah. everyone just dives in there. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason why the race might not have been as good on Sunday is because we all used the race Saturday as a practice. Yeah. And we all I can got tell better. you, we, we made our car better. I can tell you that. And the 10 car wrecked his car, so he'd have a different car. He was so bad. <laughs> Did you see how bad he was on, <laughs> on Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. And then yeah. the different car on Sunday, completely different outcome. Yeah. Yeah. He was super fast in that race. Another, we, it was tough to hold him. It's off. just hard for me to watch a race when I see second and third place have a clear run on the leader and when they get to the corner they stay in line with them versus trying to pass them because they know if they don't pass them they're going to lose four five six spots and and we're not used to seeing that in the cup series maybe that's the way IndyCar races all the time and IndyCar fans are migrating over here by the tens of thousands that they got but I I don't it's weird man I, I will say this about the doubleheader weekend love the the shorter races the, the racetrack is coming around. We, we could run different grooves in the gray this time. You could work the very bottom. You could work a car width off the very bottom. Obviously, we saw some guys up there, two tires in the PJ1, four tires in the PJ1. Yes. Take the PJ1 off, and guess what? We can run all the way to the wall, Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's gotten some age on it. I don't know if we can run all the way to the wall yet, but I've noticed that the PJ1 is really grippy in the beginning of the races now, and it didn't used to be like that. You used to have to stay out of it for a while if you got in it. We had yeah. to, we needed guys like Larson to work it up. Um, you know, once Larson would hit and move it up a little bit at a time and then get it, you know, I don't know. It, uh, to me, it's just grippy right in the beginning. Yeah. Started that truck race. We started like ninth or 10th with Ben Rose. We drove all the way to like. I know, I was right behind you. I was yeah. following. <laughs> we drove right on the outside of everybody in the PJ1. Yeah. You look at uh you look at the Michigan highways. I don't know what your trip was like from the racetrack to the airport, but I needed a mouthpiece in. That's how rough their roads are. Yeah, I was there. waiting for kidney stones to hit. It was uh I only say a half mile. I don't away, know who so. runs their Department of Transportation is over their road system, but they should be fired. See, this is coming from a guy that grew up in South Carolina that doesn't understand what salt does do to roads. Do they have even do they even pave roads in South Carolina? Uh, <laughs> see, this is <laughs> This is uh, what happens. Just hope for the best. In the, in the north, northern areas there, when you get a lot of snow, and that's why, you ever notice how wide the roads are up there? Yeah. So they can push all the snow off the side, but yeah, there's a, uh, so when you go to a parking lot or a restaurant, just look at some of the cars. Look at the bumpers and trucks Oh, I see the rust. I yeah. see the rust. So there's nothing good that comes but, from the salt. But in Michigan, normally, like, if you're driving from Ann Arbor, I don't know where you guys stayed, but that's, like, my favorite drive on the circuit because they have all those sunflower fields. In, yeah, so well, there wasn't any sunflowers like... this time, but do you know what my favorite mm. part of that drive is? The two passing zones that you get to. Yeah. Yes. This year you would have chipped your teeth, Casey. 
You might have had your baby. Yeah, them pretty white teeth of yours would have been shit. Probably should have been the you talk, about, you talk about Kevin Harvick. I, I was looking at some numbers last night, and at his age, on paper, he's having the best season he's ever had. His average finish this year is 5.9. His win percentage is 27%. Since he got to Stuart Haas in 2014, 32 wins. He's averaging five wins, right at five wins a year. At RCR, he obviously did some really good things. He only averaged 1.7 wins a year. So when you look at a guy that's only getting better in time, holy cow. I mean, he's setting the world on fire statistically this year. I mean, you knew when when they put that matchup of him and Rodney together. You know, they took Rodney away from – was he at MWR MWR time? on a part-time deal. And they put them together like – that that fifty five car that Rodney was on didn't he had all kind of different Mark Martin Vickers yep. Michael whoever drove it it was fast yep. and you're like wow this guy's hell you know he's got a hell of a crew chief and then you take Kevin who's obviously a hell of a driver and put him in some of the best stuff at the time Stuart Haas stuff and put them together you're like so this, this is, is going to be dangerous people don't know this but Tony Stewart wanted Rodney Childers and he was going to go after him and Kevin was like absolutely not that's my guy Tony Stewart backed off and let Kevin have him. I'll never forget, we were on an airplane. I got a text from Rodney because obviously we were all over there together. I was spotting for Clint with a, with a five-hour car, and he texted me, and he's like, man, what do, you, what do you think I should do? And I was like, dude, I know where you're going to win the most races, but Kevin Harvick's really hard on crew chiefs, and when he gets done with you, he hangs you up, and you're out to dry. I mean, we saw him win with guys, and then the next year he was firing them. He was tough on crew chiefs. Obviously, match made in heaven. These guys are setting the world on fire. Well, you know, <clears throat> listen. So we to blame it. Tony for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Tony. You have ruined all our that's, lives. That's the true backstory to how that happened. Yeah. Though. And then you listen. Like, we're, I was listening to uh, Dale's show on the way out to Jun- uh, to Michigan this week, and they, they asked him, like, you know, obviously Kevin's kind of butted heads with crew chiefs and stuff. You know, what do you – what he done differently? That you know, how do you make that work? And he's like, he's like, people laugh at me, but when Kevin goes off, you know, on a, you know, this, 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 whatever, he goes, I say, yeah, ten four, gotcha. Like he said, because I listened in the past, and and guys like Gil or somebody would fight, you know, they'd go back at him, and it just it just be a downward spiral from that point on. He says, I just let him rant, and, right, and just stay. You know, Rodney's obviously super level headed, yeah, you know, and 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 I mean, that's just like a match made in heaven for those two over there. Yeah. But, Talking about short races, I mean, we're talking two hours cup races yesterday. Two hours, nine minutes, Two right? hours, nine minutes, two hours, 30 minutes the day before, but we had a red flag. Yeah. I mean, I, that's I, in my mind, that's ideal. I mean, obviously, you're going to have your races, Daytona 500, Coke 600, Southern 500. You know, I don't think you want to change them. But, I mean, a, a two-hour race, is, I think, is a great time frame. Well, the thing is, Freddie, we see our races say they're going to start at four. They don't start till 427. So we burnt 27 minutes of the fans' time before we throw the green. So realistically, by the time you have the pre-race, you have the race, you have the post-race, you're sitting right at three hours, which is what the NFL's lift off of forever. Football games, well, like once at 107 kickoffs or yeah, something like that. Like four. A, yeah, I, the only thing I didn't like about it was, man, there wasn't, there wasn't much strategy play um, as far as fuel. Yeah, you'd have to change the stages, I think. Because either that or what about I mean smaller fuel smaller cell. fuel yeah, cell or something yeah. you man could change, I, change something to make it because you didn't have to pit in either stage no. like you can make both yeah. stages on fuel yeah so if you're gonna put a smaller fuel cell in it obviously tires are gonna become even more relevant at that point let's can we run a softer tire and not the spoiler off while we're doing this <laughs> <laughs> I mean it all makes sense man you know I mean we, we we've changed a lot of things I mean we just changed. Yeah. Something huge right here with six races left in the playoff. We put a choose zone in effect. Like I, we're not we're not afraid to make changes around here. We have put out a qualifying method that that 
MIT grads probably still haven't figured out. We and will look, talk about here, all and, and of I, that later. When, 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 I say, when I start say, this weekend, but when I say they haven't figured it out. It's we can figure it out, but it's going to take a minute. Like it's really complicated for a fan to know. Well, hey, I'm a Bubba Wallace fan. I'm a Joy Logano fan. I'm a Clint Boyer fan. I know where those guys are starting. It's impossible. It's hard on the fans. So, so when do yeah. they put that out? When do they I put know. it out? Yeah, wait, 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 when, am I, when are they going to put out where we're starting? I mean, I already know where we're all starting. Oh, you do? Yeah. Where are we start? Uh, TJ's fifth. You're twelfth. I'm nineteenth. I'll take twelfth. That's good. Oh, so now you like it. Freddie did all the math in his head. Yeah, I just did it actually right Freddy's now. Freddie's a damn genius. <laughs> Freddie's <Freddy's> brother's <laughs> probably sitting home with some algorithm <laughs> writer in his underwear to edit on Freddie's big old couch. Uh, once we get to it and spot on, spot off, yeah. I'll tell you exactly how I did it. Wait uh, a minute. Did you, your brother lives with you, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, what's Megan? she all right with that? And normally, normally wives get a little mad. Uh, about what? Uh, trust me, you don't ever see him. He's in two rooms in my house. That's it. Like his bedroom or his where he's got his eye racing deal. That's the only. I don't think she's ever seen him in three years now. I don't know. She so, might actually. I think we might have just broke news. She might actually know he lives there. <laughs> hey, I got some breaking news. After Kip uh, Childress's help, I can now say Matt D. Benedetto. We got Jason. We need that sign in here. He sent me. Yeah. He sent me the way to A pronounce it. Yeah. He's, he's, he texted me exactly how to say it. Matt you know what we D. Need? Benedetto. And now I got it. For Brett's like man cave deal, we need one of them road signs, like street signs. That's Matt's last name, so he can just look at it a lot and get so better Kip, at it. Kip, the pace car driver. Thank you. I got it. Thank God for Kip. I'm not He's saying I want to bring it up again, people. but I got it. I just yeah. hope we don't make him throw up this yeah. week. Well, I, I also Kip, thanks for uh, all the work they put in for. They originally had us in the grandstands there, oh. and it was super hard to do our jobs off of turn four. We, you could not clear your guy to the turn wall. Turn four. Could you imagine spotting them cup race? You didn't go up there. No, it was. Could you, we could not have spotted the cup races from where we were. So it uh, was awful. You had no. I'll show you a video. You were looking right? through the fence, and so you couldn't even see your car down the front stretch. Really. Oh. Watch my truck. I'm behind Crafton. Watch where he goes right here. Look how you can't see him. You can't even see the trucks. No. No. So they had you guys in the grandstands like yeah. they've had us at a lot they of had places. Them in, we had, they had us in front race. of the suites. Like wow. there's a little. No wonder y'all have 14 cautions in 10 laps. On the front stretch, right exact, in front of us. Right in front of us. You, you couldn't, couldn't see it. it. Couldn't Freddy, see nothing. Freddie's truck crossed. Uh, was it your truck that crossed backwards. the finish line backwards? Yeah. And if it would have been 100 feet earlier, I would have got him then too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was super hard. You couldn't clear your guy. No. So the whole front of my truck got ripped off because of it. The whole front of his truck. Yeah. Like the whole thing. The 51 come up on Ben. <laughs> And the next thing I know, the 51 goes by, and my whole nose piece is hanging off the back of the 51, and I can see my radiator. It, the, the sides are still there, but the center is completely gone. Wow. Well, yeah. I, I was obviously – And then Ben lost it in the so one. So we've talked about it on the show. We have a spotter group me where all the cup <laughs> spotters are in a, a chat room. TJ created this years ago. I think he and I were two of the first ones in it. So we're going through this this group me chat, and all of a sudden Kevin Hamlin puts a uh, – a post in our group meet and it essentially says this is unsafe for our drivers for us to be where we are we cannot see we have blind spots this is not good and then obviously you guys went to work and got it uh resolved and they put us on the yeah. roof we were working on it before that but it just couldn't happen that quick like for the truck race we were working on it before the truck race once we got up there and even during the truck race like it sounds hey, like to me the problem is nascar officials on the roof, don't want us going to the same bathroom they're going to. It's, it's, I don't think it's, 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 it's state not NASCAR. by state. So it's not NASCAR. If it's, if it's that, and if it's they don't, you know, whatever it is. But hey, man, we can't go to Daytona in in four weeks and spot the oval if we're not on the roof. Yeah, yes. There, there's too much on the line for us to be the difference maker at this point. Especially, I don't like that. Where we're but standing. we have two bathrooms up there, basically 
You know what I mean? There's two up there. I'm just saying if you say yeah. it's not the bathroom, then it's not yeah. the bathroom. Well, I think it was yeah. – supposedly it was just like the governor's office of that state said that there were 60 people per bathroom. So if, if the spotters are up there plus all the race control – TV. It, it was TV. It was more than 60 people, obviously. So that's yeah. why they told us just go down. Well, there's we, only one stall. They think 60 of us are going to get around it and pee together. <laughs> I don't think that's there's, all there's, that There's a couple stalls. There's two, ur- <laughs> there's two urinals. That should count. That should be uh, fun. Get on my shoulders, Fred. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Backwards. we've already talked a ton. Cross but before, before we head into spot on, spot off, what do you guys think of the announcement where there will be no fans at the Indy 500? It's crazy. Insane. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any idea why. I mean, obviously, uh, to me, somebody stepped in and said, "Hey, this is probably not the best idea." Because if there's anybody that I think could do it right, it's the guy that owns that place now. Um, and even being in that facility, that facility right now is, I it's, mean, unreal. I, so I, I, I just don't understand the place. What's its seat, Brett? Three hundred fifty thousand. Three hundred fifty thousand people. So there's, I mean, you can have there. I mean, you have all the room in the world to have fifty thousand fans. You know, what I mean, I mean, I hate to take a shot at NASCAR in this, but we've had probably fifty thousand for the last, you know, how many years when we raced there, and it looks empty. You could, I mean, you could social distance plenty yeah. at you know whatever it is, fifteen twenty. But think about that though, too. Like we talked about, fifty thousand people. If fifty thousand people at a football stadium, that thing looks packed. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So compare that to how pop, you know, so I mean, obviously you'd have to you'd have to do work on getting them in so they're not all over each other getting in and stuff, but that place has got 100 gates. Yeah, I mean, you got a, a thousand ways to get in that yeah. place. I mean, I like like TJ said, this Roger Penske does a lot, you know, and he and he's probably one of the smartest men in our sport. This is all he can figure it out. You can't you, there's no way around this. This is political. We were just in Indianapolis, Freddie. We just went out to eat at St. Elmo's. Were there other people in there eating? Yeah. Yes, we were inside. People flying in and out of that airport on commercial airplanes are sitting butt to butt, elbow to elbow. They're packing these airplanes full. This is inside space. So you can't tell me it makes sense to have an outside space that large and nobody can come. This is, is clearly this is not Roger's decision alone. This is this is a lot of government leaders involved and it is a crying shame that they are this stupid. And I would elect, if I voted in the state of Indianapolis, I would vote completely different solely based on this cuz I'm a motorsports fan. I'm a sports fan. I want to be able to go and enjoy these things. And when you're making the decision, look, I'm a grown ass man. If I want to go to this particular racetrack and they limit it to 50,000 people, one, I feel safe because we've been around a lot of stuff since this pandemic started. You know, we've been around a lot of stuff since things started reopening. NASCAR has done this exceptionally well. We have went to Texas with fans. No known outbreaks. We went to Bristol with fans. No known outbreaks. You know why? Because we know how to do it. Guess who has every single person's phone number in NASCAR? Roger Penske. He would know how to do this right. This is a shame for the Indy fans. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, and you see this all across, you know, my home track, Riverhead. I touched on it a little bit on Twitter this week if people were watching. But they, they had fans last week. You know, the first week they, they came back, not this Saturday, Saturday last week. And uh, they came back, had fans, had protocols in place, masks everywhere. Everybody, you know, there was no limit on capacity. But, I mean, they usually fill it about halfway anyway, beginning of the year. And somebody, I think it was the New York Post or somebody, complained about it, You know, sent a complaint to the state about it. So they had to come back, and, and now you can't have fans there all of a sudden. You know what I mean? They had no problems last week. Everybody did what they had to do. Everything was right, but because somebody complained, you know, now they got, you know, they have to, you know, you go to riverheadraceway.tv, and you can watch a race every week. But, they, you know, luckily enough, they could do pay-per-view for it now. 
to hopefully supplement some of the lost income they got. But I mean, if, not, if they can't stay open, it's going to put some of these short tracks out of business. And that's the lo- the bloodline of our sport. Like where, that's where these guys are coming from. You know, your local short tracks and stuff. That's what's producing the next crop of racers that we're going to have in the Cup Series. So I mean, you can't afford to lose these short tracks one by one because you know somebody's complained about you know oh my they had. 3,000 fans in the grandstands that hold 10,000, you know? So, I don't know. It's just the way of the world right now, I guess. But, like you said, it's it's disheartening to see how political it's turned. It'd be interesting to see how political it is in a few months. <laughs> well, that's what I'm worried about. Like, I think a very small percentage of people are controlling what the large percentage of people have to do. I mean, when I look at Casey, Casey has stayed in and quarantined herself uh, because she doesn't want to be at risk. She's pregnant. My mom has stayed in. I haven't seen my mom in months uh, because of this, and she's doing what's best for her. Like, it, I don't understand why we can't put it in our own hands and us do what we think is best for us and our own safety. And, and, and I mean, look, I still wear a freaking mask everywhere I go, no matter what state I'm in, uh, because supposedly that's the safe thing to do. Safe for me, safe for people I love. So uh, it's what I do, man. But it's uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how we are saying in January that we're, we're already got concessions. I mean, what was it the NFL team said? The, like the Jets and the Giants already said they're not going to have fans this year. Like, how do you know what's going to happen? You're gonna, you're playing games. I mean, I will give credit to I believe it was the Packers that said we're not going to have fans for our first two games, and then we're going to see what happens. Right. You know, like where we're at then. That's you know you're probably looking at I don't know what October November. You know, a couple weeks into the season. So you know now you're going to all right. We'll we'll reevaluate them because this this changes by the month. You know what I mean? It changes by the week. Really, what you know what phases of who's in. You know, yeah. I just don't understand. My problem with the whole thing is how could it be different? You know what I mean? How could we be in phase two here and New York's in this phase and this one's? We should all if it's if it's this pandemic and it's a state net nationwide pandemic, we should all be in the same spot. We can't go to bars. Bars are all closed. Whatever you know, you can't go here. You can't go there. But it's like the the fact that it's different here, different there, different there, I feel like it's never going to end. I feel like it was drug out too long. Not that I want to talk politics yeah. much, but we drug this all out way too long. We needed to, we needed to have a, a lockdown the first few weeks. We needed to lock things down, in my opinion. A strict lockdown, not by each governor, but, you know, president coming on there and saying, hey, we're going to lock the U.S. down Um Three weeks, get this thing under control so it doesn't go crazy, and then we can I, that we would be controlling a lot smaller outbursts at that point. I think, but I don't know. I just, That's what countries did. I'm a spotter for a living. Doing perfectly fine now. I'm just a spotter. So yeah. Well, um, before we do spot on, spot off, just want to talk about. Uh, man, it's rare that anybody misses a race on the roof, and we had a couple guys this week. Uh, Jason yeah. Jarrett missed both races this week, and unfortunately he lost his grandmother last week. So thinking about him this week, obviously one of the best guys up there. I tweeted something about him a couple weeks ago, giving his waters to a, a gate guard. Jason's Jason's awesome. And then uh, Kevin Hamlin, I think they off yesterday to be with his family in Washington. So just thinking about them guys, uh, you know, hopefully we see them back soon. Yeah, it's not very often, guys. You don't, you don't miss these races without something, you know, uh, pretty serious event. So... You know, it's kind of and it, when you you notice when they're missing too. So um. I noticed, I noticed for me, me, Alex Bowman and Clint Boyer noticed. Did y'all hit? <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a wreck for the lead, and uh, about three seconds after that wreck for the lead started, uh, the eighty eight drove over the top of me. He had no idea they were wrecking. I talked to Alex last night, um, and I, I was looking for Hamlin just to ask what happened because clearly I know Kevin is one of a. A good spotter. I mean, I've recommended him for jobs in the past, and I can't find him. All of a sudden, some dude I've never seen before comes up to me 
trying to talk to me, and I'm like, what does this guy want? And I've got a headset on, and I can't see his mouth because we're wearing masks, and Freddie knows I can't hear worth the crap. So I finally figure out, I think this guy's talking about the 88. I was like, are you spotting the 88? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, then pay attention. That's how that went. Uh, What was his response? I don't know. I I was losing my mind at that point. He he wasn't paying attention. That's why I had to pit under green because Mark Truex said our tire was fine, which it looked fine from the outside, but inside there was some damage. and Yeah. Tough one. Mm. Kevin, we love you, dude. Jason, uh, I, I was texting with both those guys. So, uh, tough guys, and, and like Freddie said, two of the nicest on the roof. Well, Hamlet might be debatable about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> he rib-shot rib at her one time in New Hampshire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> gosh, that was hilarious. <laughs> I'd love to see Herm's face when he did that again. <laughs> hey, here's the thing about it. He hit Herm, and Herm wasn't even spotting for the car that Hamlin thought he was spotting for. He hit the wrong guy. Uh, you guys can literally talk all day. We haven't even got to the show You yet. eat all day. I haven't even. I'm still Whoa. staring at my cereal. Okay. All right, before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Your home is very important. It's where you live, sleep, make memories, and do so much more. (laughs) That's why you should be the happiest wherever you live, Freddie. And if you're not happy with your current home or your brother living with you, then it's time to make a move. (laughs) That's where our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com, comes in. Whether you're buying or selling your home, OfferPad is here to help you make things easier. OfferPad has removed many of the common pain points associated with traditional selling experience and helps you move freely. They do real estate the way it should be done. You can sell your home directly to OfferPad. It's the perfect option for those who love convenience and control. Yeah, the process could not be any simpler. Log on to OfferPad.com right now. Request your offer and fill out some details about your home. You'll be done in five minutes and on your way to selling your home. And then the most exciting part, you can decide where you want to live. And OfferPad will even work to get you a cash offer within 24 hours to make that fast and simple. Man, it doesn't get much easier than that, Brett. After you finish listening to us, go get to work deciding where you want to make your next move. And all it takes to start is logging on to OfferPad.com. Tell them we sent you by selecting the podcast option. That's the important part. They're a big part of our show, Door Bumper Clear. Love you guys. Go sell your home with OfferPad. Please read the fine print because Freddie and Brett will help you move topless. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. First topic, spot on, spot off. Brad Keselowski takes out his teammate Ryan Blaney while racing for the nope. lead. Pick me. TJ. Pick me. Um, oh, I got you. Don't worry. You know, spot off because you never, uh, you don't want to see teammates wreck each other, especially when you work there. Um, but, you know, I'm, this doesn't phase me at all with them. I think uh, the professionals, they're both running good. There's going to be uh, the teams all get along great and everything. So it's racing, man. They're racing for the lead. It's not like. You know, not like they were beating each other's doors off for 15th. Those two guys both want to win right now. They both got a lot of speed. They know if you get out front, it's going to be hard to pass. So, uh, you know, I've seen, I've talked to Brad. That was a pretty hard hit he took, you know. And Blaney, Blaney's in good spirits as well. I mean, he's been fast week in and week out now. So, uh, you know, being, having speed fixes a lot of things. And those two guys both have a lot of speed right now. So, you know, I'm not really, it'll be in the, it'll be in the books now and on to the next one. 
I mean, spot on. I mean, this is got two spots out of it. Yeah, I mean, spot on. We got two spots out of it. Wasn't a big deal for me, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, this is what we talked about. We want to see these guys at full commit, and Brad is at full commit there, trying to get you know, trying to get around Ryan and and gets loose. But you know, we've talked about it on here before. This is what you, I mean. You hate to see these guys wreck, and you hope nobody gets hurt. You want to see these guys pushing the limits to the point where they're on the edge of wrecking, you know. And and Brad was really really good on restarts, you know, yesterday, both days really. Especially he, he took the bottom a lot and made it work, and be, yeah. he made it work because he was really aggressive on the restarts. And yeah. this was right after a restart, and he's pushing as hard as he can. And obviously, you know, risk versus reward. He, the, you know, he got a little that worked out on Saturday. He finished second. This time, you know, he got stepped over the limit a little bit and and wiped out his teammate, unfortunately. But you know, like TJ said. The, the Penske car has been fast lately. Ryan, Ryan's been super fast. We talked about that last week. You know, he's going to have to start showing some results to, to, you know, if he's right there on the verge of probably being that fourth guy, maybe. Obviously, we talked about last week the two, the ninth, uh, eleven, and the four, and then you're looking at guys like the nineteen, eighteen, maybe sneaks in there if he can get going. But Blaney's had probably the most speed of them guys, but the the consistency's just not there. So obviously, yesterday wasn't his fault, but at some point you you have to start showing results for the speed. Yeah, four to go now in the playoff, and and are these guys mad at each other? That's the question. You know, I, I would imagine that maybe Brad's a little salty because Blaney races so hard sometimes. I would think Blaney's probably a little salty because Brad wrecked him, and and, and to to that point, Blaney's had a lot of super fast cars. Brad Keselowski's coming off of a contract extension. I, I think the spot on for me here though is the fans win in this situation because we've got a hard race for the lead. We've got a guy trying to run the bottom. He's been dive bombing guys all day long, completing passes. And in this particular instance, the the tire and the downforce could not hold up. And we actually saw a driver run out of talent. That's what fans deserve to see, to have a true respect for what these guys are able to do inside of the cockpit. Yeah, Brad also took blame for it right away, too, so – um, well, I don't think you had much choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't much choice. <laughs> but, you know, what? there's zero chance this carries on anywhere, in my opinion. No way. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think if he would have ran in there and, and like, chased it up into Ryan, then Ryan's pissed because yeah. he can lift. But just the way things snap free on him, I mean, it really – Same thing could have happened to Ryan on the inside yeah. of Brad. So – or anybody, really. Yep. Choose rule implemented for all races, but super speedways and road courses. Since Clint and er, Brett, since your driver seems to fully understand this program, uh, spot on, spot off for you. Man, I uh, I struggle as a as a sports person to to be able to support significant changes in the middle of something, and right now we're in the middle of a battle. To, to have probably six guys competing for three spots in the playoffs. Um, so I'm spot off on a change this significant with six races left before the playoff is, uh, is, is aligned. Um, if they had waited and done this for the first race of the playoff, then for me it's the same for everybody for the duration of a series, and, and I think that's fine. If they had done it for just the short tracks in the playoff, I'd have been fine with it. Uh, I, I'm actually spot on for this in 2021. I'm spot off for the timing of it in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I'm spot on. I uh, I got to admit I was wrong. I th- there's more guys that lined up consecutive cards like – a lot of times yesterday you saw the top four all take the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes the guys split off and then there was another yeah. four. Um, I was surprised by that, you know, and, and 
Michigan, if they're going to start it at a place, Michigan was probably the place to start it because that is obviously a very top-dominant racetrack, and you're not going to see that at a lot of the mile and a half we go to. You know, you're going to see, you know, like I said before, one or two guys pick a certain lane one way or the other. But, you know, eventually, you know, the guys figured out that obviously the top was the, the preferred lane, but in the middle of the pack there, if you, you know, if you weren't up front in the middle of the pack, you almost wanted to be on the bottom because that top stacked up so bad. If you could get to the middle and find a hole, you could pick off six or seven spots pretty easily. And that's how we got to the front on Saturday was just take the bottom, take the bottom, and it would be pick three off, three, four off, hold your position, get another restart, take the bottom again, pick three or four more off. And then, you know, at one point with three to go, we're coming up the middle three wide for second place there and just didn't have the momentum. We didn't have nobody behind us. So the closer you got to the front, the bottom was a little less you know, uh, advantageous, but it, well, you can make it work in the middle of the pack there and pick up a lot of spots. Yeah, I thought it was great. You know, you had to definitely call – spotters were definitely having to pay more attention to what position you were in and where guys were lining up. Uh, a lot of talk with my driver about it leading up to it, what we wanted to do, we think, well, when, you know, how many rows we needed to gain to be able to jump up to the inside or something like that. But like Freddie said, though, there was a – you know that that bottom was pretty good until you got to the back stretch or until you got to turn three. Yeah. You know everybody uh, everybody would jam up on the outside, kind of like Martinsville on the inside lane. Go to Martinsville on restarts, guys jam up on the bottom in three, and the guy on the outside just rolls and gains two three spots, and then has to pinch a guy to get down. When you shoot down there in a three on the bottom at Michigan, you better clear the guy to get up off a of four. And if you don't, some guys didn't make it. We didn't make it one time. We we're on the bottom three wide coming out of three uh, out of turn four, and you got to fight to get up. Yeah. But we gained like 10 spots one time, though. We literally gained, I think, nine spots one restart because we gained some. We gained a couple through one, two, and then we shot to the bottom of three, and I was able to get them up. And, uh, you know, you can gain a lot from it, so I'm spot on for it. I like I like being able to choose my own destiny. You know, we, we were choosing our own fate at that point. Whether it worked out or not, you never knew if a guy was going to get loose or slip up or something, which could still happen. Uh, but I liked being in control of what lane we could pick to start from. I, I think Bubba Wallace and Freddie did a really good job on Saturday of gambling and it paying off. And, and I think what you're going to see is guys like Kyle Busch, guys like Joey Logano, if old Ron Hornet Day was still around here, uh, you're going to see guys like that surprise win some of these races because they're going to gamble on the restart lane. They're extremely good at restarts. They're very aggressive at restarts. They're going to make things happen. And all of a sudden, a guy that's been running 7th or 8th all day is going to make a lane choice at a place like Pocono, at a place like Michigan, and boom, he's going to be up there contending to win the race when you hadn't really seen or heard of him all day. And I think that's probably, for me, the exciting part of it that's coming. Um, but, man, you, you know, I, I, the biggest information I got before the race was uh, from my engineer, Cook, and it was if we can get three spots, do it. Well, then the very next day – you know, the crew chiefs on the radio, take the top no matter what. And I'm like, no, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, um, I'm going to give Clinton information, and I literally said on the radio, I don't make millions of dollars to make this decision. I'm going to tell him what I know, and he can decide. Yeah, and I, got, I, I was lucky in the sense that Bubba has a lot of experience with the choose cone. He ran a summer shootout for years and years and, and years. And they loved it. And they do it all the time. You know what I mean? And he, he's done it all the time. So basically, it was in his hands. All I would tell him was I would count the cars up top. I, we're, coming to the, we're coming to the line. All right, you're running 20th. I'm going to count the cars on the top. You, you know, so that means you know, if, there's, if there's, you know, 10, 12 guys take the top, that means you're, you're 26th on the top or 
you're going to be whatever, Multiply seventh, times eighth two. on the bottom. Multiply you know? times two. So, and I just, you know, one top, two top, three top, and he got to the line and he chews, you know. And, and like you said, we – and it was all about the way the hole broke down because the first green-white checker or whatever it was, three or four to go on Saturday, Danny, it was Danny, Bubba, and uh, Brad on the bottom. And we shot the middle of Danny in one and two, and we were three wide for second, didn't have a hole to get up. Brad was behind us, but able was able to get up behind us, and so, and he got around us, so he was third on the next restart. So you know, it, on top of being the lane choice and gambling on the bottom, you had to play out where you got a hole. If you got a hole, yeah. I mean, it was if Brad was, stays behind you, you probably shoot down in a three. You probably clear Danny on the bottom. Danny was on the inside of you. Yeah, you, Danny's down on the bottom three wide. You clear him on the back with Brad pushing you. And you probably you probably get to second or third still and yeah and get up there. What we ended up doing was Brad got to the top and we went yeah, we ran side by help. side with Denny and I think we went back to seventh you know yeah. and and then we we tried again on the next restart fifth like I said we almost got up to fourth middle into three is not the best part yeah but I mean like you had to try it I mean like yeah. especially if somebody like us like we're what else, I mean at, who, if we're, we're shooting the middle for what three if wide Brad pushes you if Brad pushes us you don't know and then we get that next caution now. Bubba yeah. might be on the front row the last restart, and, and uh, God, yeah, I don't got, know what would have happened then. But <laughs> you got to take what you can get. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was it was like I said, risk versus reward. Some teams, you know, I couldn't. I was really surprised at some of them. Like uh, how many times guys took the top, and I'm like, man, you're running twelfth, and you just lined up eighteenth yeah. or twentieth. You know, Blaney passed majority of the field on restarts on Saturday. That's how we went from twentieth to the top six. He did it all on two or three different restarts. Then he got in the top six and started choosing the outside. But he got up there by choosing the bottom and doing what we talked about. It worked out just right for him. That's when Kyle got bumped by, uh, or you know, yeah, air, air bumped by Harvick there, and that checked out. And Blaney had a big run, and he passed more right there. But I mean, it worked out good for him. Yeah, you, 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 it was fun, man. As, as spotters, I mean, it's like you were spotting a plate race. You get momentum up going through one and two. You figure out which line has the momentum. You go into three, you roll the bottom, you roll the top, whatever. When you come off a of four, you better have the top because those these motors won't pull a grease string out of a dog's ass. <laughs> so, if, so if you're going to get up, you got to have that momentum coming off four because if you don't have it and you're flat-footed on the bottom, they're just flying by you on that outside. But, it, it uh, hey, it was different. It was fun. I think, it, I think long-term it's definitely a good move. No live pit stops used for the first time in the Xfinity Series race at Road America. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. Uh, spot on. You know, obviously, it's a great way for teams to save money at these non-companion races. I don't. I'm not sure how many non-companions we're going to have. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. The, the The biggest, if there was a negative to it, you know, they still struggled to get the lineups right. You know, you could see where they're coming to green. Um, you know, there's they're changing the lineup as they're doubled up already coming to green. So. You know, that would be the only thing, and it's it's just, I mean, it's not easy by any means. The way, you know, obviously, for those that don't know, the way it works is you can't lose spots on pit road unless you pit multiple times and a guy. So if the lineup is, if you stay out, obviously, you're in front. The next group of guys is guys that pit one time. The third group of guys is guys that pit twice and then lap down and, and whatever. There's the problem with what this whole thing is, spot off, because this is the big leagues, and these teams have saved enough money this year. Bring your bring your guns, bring your big guns. That's what makes NASCAR so great. You know, we're already going to a one luck tire in two years. Now we're going to no pit stops at all. Like, what are we doing? No, this is horrible. We need freaking live pit stops. It's what makes us special. Stop worrying about these teams saving money. That's their problem. Your problem is to put on the best show for the fans. And one that's not confusing. You, We were late in the race, and Teddy, Freddie and I, Teddy and I, hey, Teddy. Hey, Teddy. Freddie and I were texting <laughs> about they couldn't get the lineup right to go back green. And guess what? Guess how long a pace lap is around there? It's like, four miles. Say, it takes 12 minutes. 
10 minutes. <laughs> you shouldn't ask a fan to waste 10 minutes of their life because you can't get a lineup right because of this <laughs> format you put in for pit stops. Yeah, the only it, it took me it took me a little bit to to see how it was going to work and I still think uh I think no pit stops is good for the truck series um to start with. Not not um and when I say no pit stops, I don't mean I mean a halfway break. The way they used to do it. The, I mean a halfway break. Started. Yeah, ten minute, ten minute break or something. Change anything you want on the truck. You know what I mean? Like except for suspension stuff like that. Tires, make adjustments, whatever. But man, I, it was cool. Like the only thing I liked about it was you still had to have some strategy in it because you couldn't take tires and fuel in the same stop. So it still uh, it took me a little while to figure that out. But it was way harder to follow the race that way. As a fan watching it on TV, it was way harder to follow the race because I didn't know what guys were doing at that point in time, um, and you know I, that was that was pretty tough. The only, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was definitely a challenge for, and it's it's you know I'm saying spot on because I don't think there's a choice. I think they're going to do this. You know what I mean? And and yeah. this, the spot on part is they're they're trying to save these guys money, whatever. But as a fan, it's super confusing for me watching it and knowing the rules. It's super confusing because here you go. Now you come to pit road. If it's under yellow, you have to be off pit road in 80 seconds or else you forfeit your position. Yeah. You couldn't change positions on pit road. So if, if, uh, Austin Sindra comes in leading and AJ second and, and whoever's third chase Briscoe's third, no matter how long the pit stops take, as long as they get off in 80 seconds, they're in that same order, no matter how they leave. And they don't commit a penalty, and sliding they, through yeah, their box. Yeah, no penalties, whatever. Blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but on the green flag stop, they had to be on pit road, uh, yellow line to yellow line, for a minute. So mandatory. Like, you can't, no matter how fast your stop is, you have to either sit in your box or roll slow down pit road. So I think, I forget who it was, maybe Jeremy Clements got a penalty because he was on pit road less than a minute. So, you know, we talked about making it simpler for fans to understand, and obviously this goes against all that because they don't have you know who the hell knows and how do they how do these teams know you know i mean now you're you're trying to you know you're talking about the xfinity series like a cup series race most majority of teams i can understand that because they've got you know the engineers that can figure out exactly how long they're on pit road and how long the pit stop has to be but i mean you're talking xfinity teams i mean you're probably literally seeing a guy sitting on the pit box with a stopwatch going okay we're at the line now and all right Roll slow down there. Here you go. Now you're at the line getting rolled. You just spent three minutes explaining how dumb this is. <laughs> so, wait so congratulations. Why Here, not, but like, here's the other thing. We talk about people in this sport. You talk about developing crews and drivers at, at Riverhead, and we talk about developing fans at that level. How are we going to develop pit crews if we do away with these freaking lower series having pit stops? I mean, have you not seen I, some of these facilities the, they train at? The, the, <laughs> these, these, these pit crew guys – want to make it to the big leagues and their way to make it is through truck Xfinity backup backup guy at the cup series level and then boom you get your cup start the money is three and four times once they get to be a starter at the cup level they don't make any money pitting these cars on Saturday and Sunday on Saturdays like they're they what what I'm telling you four five hundred oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's four five hundred bucks a day for those guys to go out there and risk their lives and risk their bodies and they're not doing it for that Saturday they're doing it for a chance to be at the cup level so when I look at it from the people side Epic fail. I look at it for the fans. Epic fail. Look at it for the teams. Epic fail. Look at the, the, the team's checkbook. Hey, there's 10 teams out there that I promise you they would have wanted live pit stops. Oh, yeah. And I don't think – I mean, by no means would I ever agree to this for all races. I mean, like TJ said, I think the truck series probably – and, I, you know, I hate to take money away from everybody. You know, obviously you want to see your buddies. we got plenty of friends that are on the pit crew side of things. But, you know, I think that truck series needs to the, needs the scale it back a little bit. But, you know, I think – 
non-companions I can live with the whatever three or four races a year they do this. But, yeah, by no means should this ever be considered for all the Xfinity races. Truck races, no pit crews, more short tracks, 100%. Oh, I was watching a race the other day from, like, Nashville Fairgrounds, and I'm like, this is exactly what the truck race series should get back to, you know, Short tracks, run a handful of mile and a half, run maybe Daytona in February, and and just get to these short tracks and let a guy – I mean, surely, if you go run Five Flag Speedway, Bubba Pollard is going to find a way to get in a truck ride and, and run the truck race. And and these yeah. super late model guys, you know, you go up north and you're going to get a, an old Bush North guy maybe to run a truck race or something. You the know? problem is, is that the most time he's going to get in like a – a B, yeah. most time a C or a B truck, but that guy, there's good short track drivers that will take that truck, and because they don't get destroyed on pit road and lose ten spots, they're gonna have a shot. You Absolutely. know, you're gonna have some, you're gonna have some short track guys that are gonna I mean, be I, able to make some progress. I remember back in the day, like the trucks ran Flemington, and John Blewett put a truck together just to run Flemington, just yeah. because he knew I'm badass at Flemington, and I can go out there and and I, I compete with these guys. Yeah. That, that's what the truck series needs to get back to is All these right, local yeah, guys, you know, and where they don't have to. That they don't need, you know, the big aero package, and they don't need the best body in the world and the best motor in the world. They can get a truck that's competitive and go out there and compete and turn some heads and maybe, yeah. maybe get themselves an opportunity to do something else. And I think the truck series needs to hit a lot of that stuff back, and the Xfinity series could use a little bit of that back in there. But um, I don't know. The, why can't when they throw the caution at a road course like that, the pace car gets the leader. Oh. You come around one time. Pit road is going to open one time. One time. And once the pace car goes by pit road, he runs, you know, a third of a lap, depending on where the accident is, what they're cleaning up. Just stop the pace car until the cleanup's ready so you can go green the next lap. Run them at 20 miles an hour. Run them, just something where you can go green the next lap. Surely, these, like a place like Road America, I'm not really familiar with the layout, but there's got to be a way we can cut, like, a couple miles off of these pace laps. There's got to be some kind of cut through where you go, all right, listen, and everybody knows it, so you got time. Like, hey, we're going to cut off. We're going to cut straight from turn three to turn eight or whatever. I, I, well, man, I, I don't like that because like then you're clicking off laps that aren't yeah. really laps. I, I look at it, and, and I know what you're saying. we got to minimize time. But to TJ's point, make it to where we take the time. Dude, there's – from the Yellow time should you only the, last as long as the cleanup. Right. From Not the time four you minutes yellow, longer. No, no, 100% no. Like you could get those guys one to go – Almost coming out of the next to last oh. corner, and they still double. Dude, it's a freaking mile to climb that hill to get to start finish after you come out of the last corner. Like, we're yeah. capable of doing this a lot faster than what they did it. Yeah. I think Cup Series is re- has gotten way good at it. They know if it's going to be an extent, they just throw the red quick now yeah. a lot of times. But Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free offer pad services. Free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. Starting lineup to be determined by a formula, which is 50% finishing position, 35% points position, and 15% fastest lap. Spot on, spot off. Spot on for Freddie's math, because Freddie already knows where we're starting. Here you go. You you guys ready? I mean, it's a piece of cake. It's a very simple formula. All right. Freddie does it in his head, guys. It's your finishing finishing position times 0.5. Yeah, we saw this. Your fastest lap. Times point one five, your points position times point three five. Yeah, then you just add them together, your lowest total wins. And then the formula is the easy way to cut through that is you follow Bob Pockers on Twitter, and he tells you where you're starting <laughs> on Sunday night. 
He's the only one that knows how to do it. But well, no, it's not you know how to do it. It's you don't just do it for one car and know where one car is starting. You have to do it for every car to know where every car is starting because it comes down to the point total. Yeah. Right? So if I'm NASCAR, when I put out the tech deal, you know, all cars have cleared tech. We now know it's official where everyone finished. It should immediately come out from them where everyone is starting. Yeah, I mean, it should. there's no reason why the lineup – I mean, Bob Parker's had it figured out last night. And I've seen fans that had it figured out last yeah. night. I'm sure if I turned John loose on it, my brother, he could have had it figured out five minutes after the checkered flag. So there's no reason why we shouldn't know today from NASCAR. You know what I mean? I understand maybe you don't want to, like, take away from the race yesterday, but this morning sometime the starting lineup should be out. But, I mean – it is what it is. I, I, my question is, like, obviously, I don't know. You, you, like, you're not gonna, you can't really manipulate this, but like, how much emphasis are you gonna put on your fastest lap of the race now, knowing that it affects your? I mean, if you're if you're not running well at the end of the race, are you gonna throw an extra set of tires on to try and pop off a fast lap? Are you gonna go to the back at Daytona next week and try to pull to the pack? You realize we and, don't pick up speed with our tires nowadays, <laughs> right? Some places, but you know, like, are you gonna go now? Are you gonna go to the tail at, at Daytona? If you run in the back at Daytona, you're gonna pop off a hell of a lap at the oval. But that's so, gonna that's gonna happen anyway. You know, I, oh I, yeah, I know. But I'm I mean, just saying, like, how are you? Are no. you gonna be looking? I mean, you you can see the fastest laps live in your race now. Are you gonna be looking, going, yeah, hey, we're we're 28th right now on fastest lap. We gotta try to bump ourselves up there a little bit and and, and help. I don't know about you, Freddie. We try to run our fastest lap every lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can manipulate it at places like Daytona. You know what I mean? I mean, but still, even if a guy, okay, let's just use Quinn Huff, you know, he's uh, tail let's pick somebody else. <laughs> he's, tail end, he's tail end lead lap at Daytona. Is it really going to benefit him to lay back and get a big using, run? I'm not saying Quinn Huff. I'm just saying, you know. It had to be, but even if I somebody's having I guarantee my a, guys are going to do this. Like, you know what I mean? If, uh, Jerry's going to tell me at some point, hey, you know, uh, let's, you know, let's try to get a pull to the pack here. We're, we're pretty down on the, on the fastest lap or something. You know what it's I mean? It's going like, to be hard because you, you're going you're gonna to go into Daytona with, you're going to go into Daytona Oval with going with intentions to win that race. Yeah, but I mean, you know I what I mean? Like, intentions to win in Daytona 500. I rode around the back of the whole race. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's going to be. You still got to finish good as well. You know what I mean? But I, I yeah, but he don't have to finish good in the first two stages. No. Nah, but I don't. I mean, yeah, if you, it's just going to be tough. Is that? I mean, uh, I'm not saying you're going to do it every week, but I'm just saying it's something else that these teams are going to look at. The guys are going to be able to pop to... off a fast lap are probably going to be the one. It's going to be, It's to me, it's only going to affect the, the, the C group back there that, you know, like that group that's. Damn. Can I be at least the B group? No, one? you're not in that group. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a guy, but really, though. That those guys are going to be, you know, I don't even know how many of them guys finish on a lead lap or same lap as each other, you know, like sixty six guys like that. Yeah, I'm just happy for it. Is it. This is across all series, right? The lineups or just Cup series? Do we know? Did Producer Jason, do you know? I think it's all. Oh, I think this will help series. me with AJ a lot. Jesus, AJ's got to start fortieth every time we race. <laughs> yeah, it'll help him. He that's should. more. That's fair though. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, it's that's much more fair. fair. I think I mean I never would have figured that formula out myself, but uh, I think it's good they're averaging in a lot of things you know that could that matter make you want to be they make you want to go fast and make you want to finish good, and uh, you know. Let me ask you this about this qualifying deal this year. Obviously, what what are we doing next year with the clash? We don't have any pole winners. I mean, is this just going to be playoff cars? They going to let everybody? Well, do there's going to be ten Eric Almirolas out or there. The, the four <laughs> the four guys that run the that won the poles in the beginning of the year going to have a four car race. They're gonna. They're going to leave it to Brett to decide. Eric Almirola well, hates this formula. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. hates this formula. Him and Michael Annette can't stand <laughs> this formula. I mean, I can't complain. We were pretty good. We were pretty lucky with the draws, too. So, 
But not not Almirola, lucky. <laughs> I don't think he started worse than fifth ever. Did he, he drew Who, the man? average. Oh, he the did. average number he drew. Like they, they I think it was probably Bob or Bob maybe shared somebody's. That, Almirola. I mean, uh, they chose the twelve numbers at a time or thirteen, whatever it was. Top twelve. Twelve. 12, 12. Yeah. So each each bucket had twelve numbers in it for whatever you know for each twelve. Almirola's average draw out of his bucket was three. Jeez, oh man, was this live on TV anywhere? No. The first the, week, the it first was. week or two, it was, but uh, it wasn't live online anywhere. No, no. So and this it, was random in a closet somewhere. Well, there's a yeah, there's yeah. an official yeah, yeah, yeah. with a light bingo off. wheel and a camera yeah. phone light on. <laughs> this is also, I saw a stat last week that in 20 races he has more top fives or top tens now than he's had in 36 races his whole career. But a lot, I'm you know. The starting position has helped this a ton. A, they're fast, and B, when you start up front, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. But this is going to take those guys that have that have started up front, and they're still going to score well in the system unless they wreck. Yeah, I mean, you just got to maintain. Once you get behind, it's hard to make it back up. Michael Annette, how many times did he get three the weeks pole? in a row? Huh? It was like three straight. Yeah. yeah, the odds, according to our our social guy, who's pretty genius, the odds are one in uh, one thousand seven hundred twenty-eight. Well, he should have bought a lot of Powerball ticket. <laughs> I want to go. I'm gonna actually see if Eric wants to go to the casino at some point when it opens back up with me. <laughs> <laughs> go to Vegas in October. Yeah. yeah. Play ten and roulette. All right, spot on, spot off. Eric Jones says he was blindsided by Joe Gibbs Racing announcing he won't return in 2021. Spot on, spot off, Brett. This guy's got this a. Coming. This guy's got. <laughs> I don't know if he's blindsided by this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, this guy has. Uh, I read this week he has Alan Miller as his attorney, and Alan has represented some. Uh, some pretty high-profile guys. I don't know if he still does stuff with Clint Boyer, but he did for a while. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, some some bigger names. And uh, we all knew that that last year Christopher Bell signed a three-year contract. His contract was first year you are going to be at LFR in the 95 car. The second year you're going to be in the 95 or the 20. And the third year is he's guaranteed to be in the 20. So if I knew that, how did Eric Jones not know that? You know, there was a lot of speculation last year, last summer, that Eric was going to get let go and it was going to be for Bell. Well, then when Bell went and signed the deal that he put together with Toyota to give him a year's experience before he got in the 20, um, you know, obviously that's when Eric got a one-year extension. So when you only have a one-year deal, that means at the end of that year you may get fired. Well, when I look at, at, at Gibbs as a whole, they fired a lot of drivers, guys. Like, I mean, if you look at Joe Gibbs Racing – I remember Tony Stewart leaving on his own accord to go start his own team. I remember Dale Jarrett leaving to go to Robert Yates Racing uh, to get in that 28 car. Joey. I remember uh, – now, I'm talking about they get left on their own. I remember I Carl you. Edwards picking up his bat and ball and going home. He quit, right, for whatever reason. Maybe he got fired. Hell, I don't know, but he left on his own accord, we were told. But you look at Bobby Labonte. You look at Matt Kenseth. You look at Joey Logano. You look at Daniel Suarez. We could keep going. The, the, what I'm trying to say here is Joe Gibbs Racing will fire you. They will replace you. Yeah. I mean, you look at – obviously, like you said, you can't be blindsided here. If you're blindsided, you're putting way too much faith in what people are telling you. You're blindsided. Because – Eyes have been closed. I mean, if they, yeah, yeah, exactly right. I mean, you're you're looking at last year. You can't – you cannot drive this JGR stuff and find yourself on the playoff cut line every year. I mean, you look at last year, 
he's the they're they're the other three guys are first, third, and fourth in points, and he's 14th before he goes and pops off that win at Darlington to lock in the playoffs. This year, he's whatever he is, 30 points below the cut line. You know what I mean? So you you can't get in this stuff. And obviously, Kyle struggled this year, but the 11 and the 19 have been hauling ass. The 11's probably the best car on a weekly basis, him and the four, you know, right there together. So, I mean, you can't – I mean, he's got – I looked it up the other day. I thought – I this kind of blew me away because for whatever reason, I thought he won more. He's got two wins and 133 yeah. starts. They I mean, know was one of them a plate race. And one was a plate race. So, I mean, yeah. you, that that's not going to cut it at Joe Gibbs racing. And especially not – I mean, if there was nobody nipping at your heels, maybe you get a couple years extra. But when you got Christopher Bell sitting in the wings there waiting, you, you, this, is, this cannot surprise you. Not to mention the 95 is running – Better than the twenty right now. Ninety five is running well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even you look back at guys with that showed a lot of promise. You know, I'm talking about JJ Yaley. Remember him in eighteen batteries, the interstate batteries car. I'm talking about Jason Leffler. Guys that we knew could drive race cars. Uh, but, but to your point, man, if if you don't put the points on the board, they'll, they'll, they'll put your ass in a win. What yeah. people don't understand either is like they look at JJ Yaley and think, oh, like just a field filler. That dude's won seven USEC Silver Crown championships. JJ Yaley. J.J. Yaley is probably a use. He's a Hall of Famer in a, in motor racing, and people don't understand that man. That dude was a driver, man. Like I think that's the hard part, though. And I, I, when you stump your toe in Joe Gibbs Racing equipment and you get let go, you're in trouble. Like we we look at everybody other than Joey Logano. Look at Bobby Labonte when he left. He sucked, right? I mean, look look at all the rest of them when they got fired. They suck. Suarez, he yeah. gone. Like when you look at Joey Logano, Joey Logano sat in this studio. And he said the only cup opportunity he had when he got his deal at Gibbs terminated as a cup driver of the 20 car, the only chance he had to stay in cup was Roger Penske. That saved his career. The rest of them, yeah. they're I done. Mean, you, you look, I mean, let me preface this by saying I love Eric Jones. We've been, you know, him and Bubba have kind of crossed paths a lot. You know, we were KBM together, with Gibbs a little bit here part time. Great kid, run into him, have a beer every once in a while. But. He's been in the best stuff you can drive every step of the way and does not have a lot to show for it. He's got one truck series championship. I think he's got, I don't know, seven or eight truck wins, seven or eight Xfinity wins in 80 stars. One snowball derby. Well, right. you know, he won a snowball derby. Obviously, I mean, he's a hell of a race car driver. I'm not taking but, that but away from him. But in the best him. stuff. But he's also been in the best stuff, and it's just going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. I mean, is this a name for the 48? Is this a name for the 42 or the 43 or whatever ride's going to be open? Is this what's he going to do that there that he couldn't do in the 20 car? Uh, yeah. Where do you guys think he'll go? I don't know. But to me, you look at a guy like, look at a John Hunter. John Hunter is over. I mean, he's had a rough couple weeks now, but this year he's been overachieving, in my opinion. Well, for not the, lately. The last two weeks has been rough, but that he's had decent speed. And I, honestly, I, you said Suarez. I think Suarez is overachieving in that 96 car. He's actually been, I mean, fair, not competitive, but he's been on the lead he's lap. Been better than he was in the beginning. If of the year, Suarez sure. doesn't bring a significant amount of money to a cup team, you will not ever see him in a B rider better again. I, I just think he's doing well for what he's in. Like, he's overachieving. I don't disagree I with you there. I'll tell you what, and, and talking about Christopher, talking about this LFR deal, obviously, but, you know, Christopher has turned it on here the last month, I mean, month or so. He's yeah. right back. You know, we I wrote him off early in this in this rookie battle, and he's got it down to within, like, 80 points now or something where I thought Reddick had this kind of sewn up. Yeah, they're kind of going and, opposite directions Yeah, now. like Reddick's kind of, you know, he made a couple mistakes this week and, and late in the race, wrecked twice. I eat or wreck it's once the summer race. months, man. The tracks are hot and slick. You and you can't afford to slip up now. If yeah. you slip up, there's so many cars on the lead lap now that if you slip up, you're going to be 26. Freddie's even on lead lap. 
<laughs> it's you know, well, you talk about the you know the you can only take what your car's going to give you, and there's going to be some weeks where that eight car's fast, and Tyler runs the, sh- the hell out of it and and finishes up front. But there's some weeks there's you know I forget where it was that I could see our all, car, all our cars on the same straightaway, you know, and we made jokes about this last year about shop photos and stuff like that. And those are the weeks where you got to finish 18th to 20th and take your day, you know, lick your wounds and go home and not pound the fence off of two or pound the fence off of whatever yeah. and, and, and wreck your day and then finish 28th or whatever, you know. So, you know, but Christopher's definitely turned it on here lately. That, that 95 deal, I don't know. That there sounds like a lot of Didn't hands Reddick in the cookie. Didn't Reddick hit the wall on the last lap that, Saturday? Uh, two, like, last lap Saturday and then like three or four to go on like Sunday. Saturday, man, you, you just – you yeah, especially when your car, you got to race that car again yeah, the next you, day. You just can't do that, man. But that—that's learning. That's the rookie stuff, and he'll—he'll yeah. he'll get it figured out. So. Yeah, but I mean, you might know more about this '95 deal than I do, Brett. But I mean, this sounds like there's a lot of different well, moving we, parts here. Yeah, I mean, what we know is that you know initially Toyota wanted to have a big hand in it and keep it open, and Toyota wanted to keep Eric Jones and something. Uh, but we also know that a month or so ago, Cal Wells was seen walking around this shop, and he was rumored to be a part of the group that's trying to take this thing over. question is, who's really backing it financially? Is it a manufacturer like Toyota, or is it going to be a group like Spire? And Spire uses this as a business model, a revenue model. That's what they've done with the group they've got now. So uh, that's what we know. Well, what's weird is we've announced we're selling, we're going out of business, but nobody's raised their hand and said, hey, we're the ones buying it. Yeah, I mean, you you hear you hear those names. You hear a name like Todd Braun thrown around. Who I think he's probably involved he's part with of the Spire, Spire deal. deal. Yeah, he owns you know? a third of that charter and, that they did. And yeah, Todd's got a lot of ties. I be, is he Haley's uncle? He's Haley's yeah. Justin Haley's Justin uncle. Haley's uncle. So, I was going to say this is probably going to turn into a, you know Justin keeps advancing like it is. It's probably something like that, but. You know, you know, I don't know. I think it comes down to, you know, what resources stay in place. If I'm Justin Haley, I don't want to go get in that 77 Spire car, you no. know. It's already uh, won in it. Not, not, <laughs> yeah, he, he did win it. Congratulations hey, on stealing gotta, that one. I got to give Joey Denowitz a lot of credit for a funny tweet he posted on uh, Saturday or whenever the Xfinity race was. And uh, it started raining, and Denowitz tweeted something like, it's proven fact that Justin Haley excels in the rain because of that, yeah. that Daytona win. That's funny. So that was funny. That is good. <laughs> but, but week in and week out, I, don't, I mean, look, I don't like to suck. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to go spot for a car that Jeez, sucks. You can't say that. <laughs> I can. That's <laughs> no, good. I'm not going to go spot for a car that sucks. No. And if I'm Justin Haley trying to build my name, I'm not going to go get in a car that sucks. He's better off, you know, running in, in Xfinity now, where he's already won a race. He's already qualified for their playoff. Like, go build your name, build your career. Don't don't put yourself in a position to fail at a young age because. It's really hard to stump your toe and come back. I mean, I remember being a kid, and it took until a race car driver was 30 years old, and they had to prove themselves. They had to get into a cup ride that wasn't a great cup ride, and they had to prove they could not tear it up and run top 15 in a car that was otherwise running 25th. Look at what Jeff Burton did for the Stavola brothers. We could go through all them different scenarios and all them different drivers and all them different times. Now, you better come in. You better come in with a bunch of money, and you better freaking do good, and you better make the playoff, and you better win races. And if you don't, you're Daniel Suarez, you're Eric Jones. You gone. Yeah. Is yeah, it uh, is it stump your toe? Or that's is it what I was stub your toe because stump. I always I was gonna ask if that, was, if that was a page <laughs> thing because I've never okay. stumped we'll I go. never stumped my toe. I stub your toe. <laughs> I stump some <laughs> Hey, what if oh. we come up with code words? Like instead of saying <laughs> we say trucker. Instead of saying ass, we well, say that's bass. why people say mother okay. trucker. So mother trucker. So after that Bristol deal with McDowell, you know, uh, I text Bubba. And I, because uh, Drew Blickensurfer used to be our crew chief, he's 
McDowell's crew chief now. So every we Drew will listen. He'll like if we're racing around each other, Drew will be scanning us to see what we're talking about, you know. And he'll text me after the race something funny, or I'll text him back something funny, you know. And uh, so I text Bubba after that deal. I said, "Hey, we got to come up with some code words when we're around uh, McDowell, just yeah. to, you know, just random stuff to say." So I'm like, "I'm just going to start shouting out fruit, you know, like whatever." So uh, we come <laughs> out. Uh, Bubba started the whatever race it was was hot. I can't remember, maybe Texas or something. Bubba asked for frozen strawberries, you know, for like a snack during the race. So Bubba that sounds kinky. Bubba, yeah. So Bubba, like, he tells crops. He says, "Crops, give me them strawberries on a on a you know pit stop." Oh, nice. And so the cr- can of whipped cream. Cr- yeah, and the and the cool whip. Uh, so whatever. So <laughs> he he said strawberries, you know. So he so then we end up we're right behind McDowell, and I just yell, "I'm like applesauce," you know, whatever. So I go back, and somebody starts sweetening me like. Man, it was weird code words on the forty three radio. They were talking about fruit and applesauce, and I, so I mean, yeah, we got everybody else got code words. We got really they were they were deep meaning code words on the forty three team that week. Whips and chains are up Whips. next, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> we have code words, but all of ours are just like sponsors and stuff. So like yesterday, that. this is uh, this is awesome. Uh, this is not awesome. This is awful. This is awesome. <laughs> yesterday, uh, so the ten car is a bacon car, Smithfield, right? Uh, which, oh, by the way, I love Smithfield original bacon. I also love the thick cut. The thick cut. I guess. Uh, but, but regardless, so so instead of them saying two tires, four tires, gas only, they have these call pit calls in, in certain situations where you're running up front, which is pork chop or bacon or ham or whatever. Well, yesterday uh, there was a miscommunication on what the pit call was versus what the pit call was. So one word was said, but they meant another word. Mm. And so they didn't mean – do you remember when the 10 car stayed out and he was yeah, the only yeah, car yeah. to stay out? Yeah. They meant for him to pit, but there was a miscommunication there. He got the wrong Eric word. Stayed out, and he was and he was the only guy that could not make it to the end on fuel. So if they do not wreck there, he's obviously yeah, not even going to finish trouble. on the lead lap. Um, but but I think that's a good point, man. Like when you have code words, you better make sure everybody knows what they mean. I was wondering why he stayed out. I'm like, you got a pit right here. Yeah, you can make it from here. Once for once, fifty laps or less were left in the race. We were all pitting, and they just had a miscommunication. But look, it's happened to all of us. So if you do this long enough. It's going to happen. Casey's bored. She's yawning. I'm not. I was texting Jason, actually. So, oh, you are? <laughs> Kevin just texted me. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hamlin just texted me and said, you know, thanks for everything. Uh, tell Brett to take it easy on the other spotter on the podcast. And I said, that's ah, too late. But <laughs> yeah, way too late. All right, let's head to Xfinity Fastlane. Pay attention. Pay applesauce attention. <laughs> Pay trucking attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hit the gas and jump into the fast lane. Let's see who's bringing some Xfinity speed this week because we're going to fly through this week's speed trivia contest. We've got our three contestants today who will have 60 seconds to answer 10 questions. Reminder of the rules, 60 seconds to answer 10 questions. Whoever answers the most right win. So we're doing the same thing we did last week. (laughs) One word. Answers per question you cannot answer with I don't know. You will be subtracted a point. I don't know. You can skip questions and come back if enough time remains. If there's a tiebreaker, we'll get a tiebreaker questions, and I'll a sound will indicate whether you're right or wrong, and then we'll reveal the answers at the end of 60 seconds. Going for a new record of two this week. There's a chance I won't get any right. Yeah. Since you won last week, Brett, you're going to start off this week. And as soon as Casey reads first question, I'll start the timer. All right. Ready, Brett? Yep. Where did Clint Boyer start Saturday's Cup race? Ninth. K. 
Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and which other driver finished top three in the first two stages Saturday? Hmm, Brad Keselowski. The top three lap leaders on Sunday were all SHR cars. True or false? True. Where did Clint Boyer finish stage two on Sunday? Sixth. Fifth. <laughs> Which organization won stage one and two in the Xfinity Series race at Road America? Penske. I didn't watch it. What race. was the last year South Carolina appeared in the SCC championship game? Oh, man. 2010. <laughs> Get you some. Steven Garcia. <laughs> Where did Clint Boyer win his only career cup road course race? Say that again. I'm sorry. I won't listen. Of course not. Sonoma. Where did Clint Boyer win his own? Which U.S. president was responsible for the Louisiana Purchase? Jefferson or Lincoln? Lincoln. <laughs> Multiple choice. Did, what, what was the Clint question and did I get it right? You got yeah, it right. Sonoma. Which road course did he win at? That's what I thought I heard after I went back and tried to remember what That's I heard. That's an 